Well, hey there, folks. Welcome back to my YouTube channel. Thanks for joining me here. Well, I just concluded another fascinating interview with our friend and witness, David Noble White Crow. Uh, we went over some new information that he hasn't shared before about his access to information over the years uh, serving as a naval artist and graphics illustrator. And we also recap some of the earlier incidents that he shared uh, with us in other interviews. So I encourage you to go back to some of those older interviews if any of these uh, cases are not really clear because we went through them in great detail. But this is really quite fascinating. It's the first time that he mentioned uh, the Navy encountering way back in the early 60s, he says, around aircraft, these uh, cube, cubes within spheres, dark cubes within spheres, just like, like we've heard recently from the uh, East Coast F-18 naval incidents. I think this is really fascinating. I've never heard him talk about this. The uh, We did this over the telephone. It's a little, it breaks up a little bit on his side occasionally, but I think you can get the gist of it. And we'll make sure the next time that we have a stronger connection, but I think you, you'll be able to hear most of it just fine. So uh, thanks for listening. Let's get to it, and we'll, we'll talk to you later. Take care. Hey, welcome back. Hey, Dave. Yeah, how, how, are you you, how are you doing today? Well, I'm, I'm recovering. As you know, I got out of the hospital, uh, and uh, I was down in Fortuna for about a month after I had my crisis diabetic crisis and uh happy halloween <laughs> <laughs> yeah so here i am and uh i hope we have a, a wonderful conversation that uh is going to be entertaining and informative out there well we all want to wish you uh the best in a recovery um you mentioned it was you had a diabetes issue and you're uh, just uh you're out of the hospital now yeah, on uh, heavy medication, and my son Robert, God bless him, he's uh, he's looking after his dad. Mm -hmm. A father couldn't have a, a better son to oh, uh, take care of uh, take care of the old man. Boy, oh, he's, yeah. he's something else. Yeah. Wow, that's really great to hear. We're happy to hear that. Well, you know, it is that time of nearly eighty years old, a year away from eighty years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have before me uh, a binder that says the Finch and the UFO. <laughs> yes. It's a catalog of all my experiences that uh, I want to share with the audience. So if you have questions. We do. Or, we have questions from listeners. How would you like to do this today? Would you like to give us any sort of... Let me ask you a couple questions first, and then we'll go to, to listener questions. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so, um, well, we are still waiting today for the release of this annual Pentagon UFO report that I'm sure you've heard about that Congress, see, we've made progress, Dave, since a couple of years oh. ago. Congress is now asking the Pentagon for a yearly UFO report, and uh, uh, yeah, I guess we haven't, it hasn't been released, it's due by the end of today. Uh, I don't know if folks are hoping that it's going to reveal something new or if it's going to be more like this New York Times article from a couple days ago, which I mentioned to you last week, Dave, where the conclusion was that a lot of UFOs are just misidentified airborne trash. 
Uh, do you think that that huge object that you saw go over the USS Finch in the 60-63 by Operation Dominique, was that airborne trash or what was it? Well, you know, it's as vivid in my mind today as the event took place back mm -hmm. in, in that period of time when uh, we happened to be uh, part of a contingency uh, kind of a uh, 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 superpower mission that I was unaware of. I didn't learn about it till later, many years later, that uh, the government observed uh, different nations uh, un unidentified objects from uh, spheres and and orbs and things that would circle aircraft uh, of our country and other countries, and uh, they they couldn't uh, they couldn't identify what they were. They thought they were uh, weather uh, elements caused caused uh, by uh, phenomena that uh, our uh, climate uh, reporters or. People who study weather were unaware of was something new, and uh, whether it was being activated by the uh, uh, alignment of planets or something new, it was, a, it was a whole new physics that they didn't understand. And what decades were these? I'm sorry. When when was this that the government thought this might be a meteorological? Well, this was back in, uh, in 1962. 62. So you're saying that back then, these objects that we now call UAP in the past couple of years, since you and I started doing this, these interviews, Dave, the name has changed from UFOs to UAP, Unidentified right. Aerial. And you're saying even back in the early 60s, there was concern about what these objects were and investigation within your military branch within the Navy? Yeah, and just as a footnote, back in 1957, up to 1958, when I was living in Gilroy, California, and it's been documented by the uh, Madonna Rangers, Mount Madonna Rangers, which is the Santa Cruz Mountains that uh, parallel the coast, uh, and Gilroy is on the uh, the uh, east side of the uh, Madonna. Uh, they reported th these objects, and at that particular time in 1957-56, I lived on Dunlap Avenue just outside of Gilroy, and uh, not far from there was Moffett Field, about 60 miles further south, I think, or north, and. Uh, when I stepped out of our, our bungalow that where I lived, I looked up into the sky and I saw a, a black orb suspended. And uh, it, it, it had to be about, uh, I don't know, from my observation, I, I can't tell by how high it was, but it, it looked like a blimp that was on end and you were mm -hmm. looking at the front end, front end of it. Yeah. And that's what I thought it was. I thought it was a good year blimp or something, but it didn't move for hours. And I would step in and out of our bungalow home and look up in the sky and would be still there. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was my first experience with a with a UFO. And uh, the ironic thing about it, it was only seen by a few people. It was never reported on radar. It was never reported by the or, or other people. I, I think only a select people, which I was selected, I don't know why, until years later, yeah. they were, were able to look at it and see it. Interesting. Yeah. That, is, that is a topic that's come up recently, is, is it only visible to certain people? And that's what you feel is that not everyone can see these objects? That's correct. That's correct. Uh, I think individuals were chosen, uh, I don't know at what stage of their existence or in their mothers, you know, who was carrying the children. But I think they're individuals that were chosen specifically to be observers. Mm-hmm. That, that is very, very interesting. We're going to get into that in a moment with some of the listener questions, but that's a very interesting observation. David, I have to ask you, you've been around for a while. You've been in the Navy since the early 60s. Do you do you feel that this UFO, USO, UAP topic has this been addressed adequately by Congress so far, or do you feel like there's just a lot, lot, lot more to know? Do you feel we're a few percentage away into understanding this phenomena, or ten percent, or fifty percent? What's your feeling about it? Well, as, as far back as the early, late 40s and early 50s, you know, uh, the cold, then we had the uh, Cuban crisis and all that other stuff going yeah, on. Right. We It was a back and forth thing to, to find out if there was a superior weapon system that each major country might have been uh, experimenting with. As, as you know, we had some supersonic uh, snoopers that would, go up and take pictures and you know and they would be analyzed coming back trying to locate what uh, we had and what they had it was a back and forth thing we even had uh during the the roswell thing uh the government was experimenting with air balloons with uh house of blood cameras taking them up and then automatically dropping their their film down to the ground and it was uh, salvaged and been processed at the analytical uh, the Hasselblads you're saying the same yeah. were used on the lunar landers yeah mm-hmm. but they had special ones that would take pictures and then it would, it would uh, uh, discharge the film right and and then uh, it would be recovered and then uh, taken to be analyzed okay so, so that gets into a question I want to ask you from our, our previous episode a while ago the last one we did I think we're at episode 10 or something if I'm not mistaken and uh, something around there. So in the last interview you and I did, Dave, we had a, crest, a question. We were doing a live stream, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, and, and the question came up about Roswell, and you said that it was a weather balloon. And a lot of the, the viewers were curious, a little puzzled by your response to... And you and I were talking about this last week. What what do you think was going on at Roswell? So you're mentioning weather balloon detection systems. Does that have something to do with it? You don't think it was just only a, a weather balloon, do you? I mean, I didn't get that feeling, but that's what some viewers got from your response last time. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Well, you know, declassified information will come out eventually. Uh, 
Roswell wasn't the only location where they were sending up these uh, balloons that they said they were trying to find out in the ionosphere if Russia was firing off nuclear weapons and they wanted to know, you know, the scientific impact on EMF and all the other stuff. Uh, we were sending up, we were sending up cameras. We were sending up uh, EMF readers. We were doing all kinds of stuff to find out what these strange phenomena that were being reported from uh, military and civilian aircraft that they were observing. Right. Uh, and uh, so it just happened that uh, Roswell was one of a half a dozen locations that are classified today mm-hmm. as doing the research around the world. We had uh, England and France also uh, sending up uh, the mogul probes, right? Yeah, it was a multiple thing, and, and so and all of that's classified. It's never been revealed. Yeah, what, what they what they found. Yet, and at the same time, stuff was going on in in the ocean. Right. So same same uh, you know USOs and and right. uh, under you know underwater uh, vehicles were. Uh, were uh, navigating under our oceans silently, and there had been some reports of, of divers encountering them. Right. And, uh, so that uh, that's something else that uh, is just coming out and being. I have a a mole, uh, and I'm not going to give the details, but I have a government mole that is uh, giving me information, and he's a, he's an ex commander in the navy, and he's a civilian now. Uh, working for the government, and he's giving me uh, bits and pieces of information that I'm asking that he can only reveal because a lot of it's still top secret. Dave, are you saying that you still know things that you're not revealing on these interviews because it's classified? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Because you're still not telling us a whole bunch about Roswell, so I, I'm just getting this feeling. I'm not trying to put you in a difficult position. I get the feeling you're not saying the whole thing. You're, you're still that, not in. That, 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 that's correct, because this is, uh, you know, we have, uh, what can I say? One of one of them, I'll just say one of them, uh, is a turncoat. And he's in a very classified, high-security location and yeah. been unloading information about his species and where they come from and all kinds of stuff like that. I don't have the details. I've only got bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. And, and what it's doing, it's overhauling the the entire conception of what we think based on our physics. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's completely different out there. Completely different out there. What we call the spirit world, there are layers. Mm-hmm. There are layers. And certain entities can survive only in certain layers on the whole purpose of them attempting to clone themselves or attach themselves to the different spirit levels mm-hmm. to learn about how to take advantage of the, the power that they can have. So right, it's, it's right. a battle out right. there. There's a battle out there. Yeah. So you're saying that you're aware that there's some contact with extraterrestrials right now. You're saying there's a turncoat. Is that the word you used? Yeah, yeah. And you've received this information from someone in the intelligence agencies who you just refer to as a mole or someone like yeah. this. And you can't yeah. say much more about it, but you know for a fact that there's contact? Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> 
but go ahead and ask the question and I'll say I, I can answer it. I won't answer it. So again, you're telling us that there's a, someone that you know from the Navy, maybe someone you knew back when you were in service who's confirmed to you that we have, our government has contact with living extraterrestrials right now? That's, that's correct. Wow. Yeah. That's correct. You see, when I was in the Navy, and you, you probably heard this before, uh, I was in on the conferences because back in those days, they only had slide projectors and charts and graphs. Yeah. So my job was to provide the flip charts, and I would, you know, be a, just even the stewards who who catered to the officers with coffee and meals and stuff were not allowed in the in the conference room. I was the only one. Mm-hmm. So I had a very high classified level uh, ultra top secret uh, position. Mm-hmm. And that allowed me to go ahead and use the facilities that officers had to come and go as I pleased. But there was always a snoop and I called him a snoop. They always watched me. They always watched who I talked to and where I went and when would we go overseas or whatever big Mediterranean cruises, I always had these snoops following me because they didn't know if if I was going to reveal what the information that I had learned sure. in these conference rooms sure. about yeah. the these different subjects. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you were privy to classified information being a naval artist, a graphics illustrator and general media person is that right i mean you're the person that was in the room when they had these slide presentations yeah well you know the the odd thing about it and i could never understand it why they never took a cadet or navy uh uh prep officer or somebody and uh made them a graphic artist or an illustrator like me Mm -hmm. you know so there would be a separation between the enlisted and the officers i get it but I, I think it had to do with the fact that I did so many favors for officers. You said that, yeah. Thinking, yeah. Yeah, that they trusted me. If you just knew them because you were doing their sketches, right? Just personally. You yeah, were like on, favor, off the, yeah, off the clock. Shaw, they called yeah. it Comshaw. You do favors for them and they, you know, they trust you. And Comshaw. Yeah, Comshaw. Oh, okay, so it's like trading. That's like a barter system within the name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do favors, you did their personal portraits and they would tell you stuff. So, well, they would reveal stuff to me that I was curious about. Oh, you're curious about, and then, and that trust developed into well, me having going home with them and eating with their families, dinners, yeah. and going hunting or fishing or going, you know, doing stuff with them. And they became more confident that they could trust whatever they they talked about with me. I, I make no, it makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, David, the best. To the best of your ability that you can answer this question, since you've asked me for questions, when you were in these meetings within with the officers, these classified meetings on the ship, did they ever talk about UFOs and USOs as something of concern, something they wanted to know more about? They never used the UFOs or USOs. They used air phenomena. Air phenomena. Okay. No, air, air phenomena. They would have the orbs uh, that would follow the, the aircraft, or they would see strange objects that they couldn't identify. Uh, 
not like not like weather balloons the the oddity of their shapes and colors and uh a couple instances and i forget what aircraft carriers were surrounded by these uh probes mm-hmm. and uh a couple of them they got close enough to observe them and they were like spheres inside cubicles uh, transparent cubicles hmm. and the, they they would you know fly around and circle the aircraft somewhere somewhere about the size of uh, a shoebox and and others were about the same size as the aircraft itself but they never they never threatened them they never showed any threat mm-hmm. and the funny part of the whole thing is every time they took pictures photographic pictures of these objects they never showed up on the film Wow. They never showed up. Yeah. What you call them cubicles. Is this like the cubes within spheres that we've heard about on the East Coast fr- recently? Yeah. It's the same thing? Same thing, but they were dark. They, they were dark uh, spheres in a, in a translucent cubes. Back then? So th- you're saying this has been going on for decades? This is not just yeah. a recent thing that we heard from Ryan Graves and the other East Coast right. F-18 pilots? You. You you know this for a fact that these cube like probes have been around the navy for all decades. Really dec- what my mom told me is they could switch on and off in the iris of the eye of the observer mm-hmm. to see or not to see these things. They control what you see, okay. not in the brain, but in the eyes. In the eyes. Yeah, Dave. Is it, I don't want to probe too much into who this mole is. I'm not trying to find out who it is. Is this a newer source for you, or is this someone that you've known since we've been doing these interviews for the past couple of years, or is or back to the '60s? This is this is one that has been assigned to me. Okay. Okay. Some of us that are born have been assigned uh, an ET, a tracker, or yeah, guardian, guardian, or whatever. And the reveals that they give are in preparation for the big reveal. And I don't know anything about that. The big reveal. Now, is this, oh, you've talked about your ET handlers, but you said in the beginning of the interview, this is someone that's within the intelligence services, or are you saying it's a bit of both? I'm, I'm sorry, say that again? Is this, some, this mole person, I'm just trying to understand the, your source a little bit. Is this a human within the U.S. intelligence services, or is this an extraterrestrial source or a kind of someone who's a bit a mix? Yeah, you know. Uh, it's a, it's a, E.T. E.T. Okay. Yeah. Uh, certain individuals have been assigned an extraterrestrial uh, guardian yeah. and, and tracker. Okay. Well, why do you call them a mole? Then, if they've been because some of them become rogue, they go rogue. What does that mean? They, yeah, they, 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 some want to give more intel to humans, mm-hmm. and so they reveal more than what they're in, entitled to give. Okay, in in confidence, and so what I'm telling you is not in its entirety. Mm-hmm. It's only bits and pieces I, I, that yeah, I can I, hear. Yeah, I yeah. understand that. Yeah. Is, so who is the per- you mentioned another person though you said there was someone within is this 
Am I reading this correctly? Did you say a few minutes ago that you knew someone within naval intelligence or somewhere that yeah. was sharing information also? Are you, is that correct or yeah. am I missing? Okay. okay. That's correct. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. You have multiple sources. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Dave, I want to ask you about something you mentioned last week when we were just talking about doing this interview. And, uh, and you can just say as much as you're comfortable or not comfortable with sharing. You mentioned a classified assignment on a sub. Is that right? Yeah. And what was that about? Well, I was, I, I was, uh, I was assigned to a subtender mm -hmm. in San Diego. And this was in Point Loma. And my job was to collect the data information from subs, uh, which was their soundings. And their soundings were on a recorder. And the recorders were, were given to me to be locked up in a cage in a compartment that I was assigned to. And these soundings that went into the locker cage uh, were, uh, what, what's the best word? They were translated behind this cage into readable information where only certain people could go into the cage and, and interpret what these soundings whether it was a whale or whether it was a porpoise, fish or stuff like that. And then they would declassify or keep them classified and then they would, they would put them in, in, uh, these, uh, containers that were stamped top secret. So my job was just, I could come and go inside this cage because my responsibility was to keep it locked up. Right. Okay. And only, Enlisted personnel from first class on up to officers were allowed to go in there and uh, decode these soundings. I guess you guys, that's a word I use, decoding. Mm -hmm. And then put out, a, you know, whatever reports they would, they would. Right. They, you know, uh, so. What did, uh, what did you learn from ahead. these soundings? Uh, what, what it was, these are sound recordings with 1960s they, they, they were they were they were sound recordings of course they had a they had their it set on you know and uh, but the the job of these first class and above personnel that went in there mm. was to take the soundings and put them in in a uh you know that could be read mm -hmm. okay that that could be interpreted sure in other words they would by it as something they knew or something they didn't know or right. something they were right. studying. Yeah. And then these these uh, tapes were collected by officers that would go in there and, and get them and take them down to, to uh, CIC, you know, uh, Central Intelligence and, and uh, review them or whatever they, whatever they did. Mm -hmm. So that I had access to it. I had access to it. And, and yeah. Go ahead. What did you learn? Did they tell you anything about what they were listening to? Was it just whales and Soviet subs and other? No, uh, no, no, that, 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 that was the whole, the whole concern. So you, you, when you're in the Navy and you have top hearing ability, you're sent to a school 
And what did they say when you listened to their recording? Well, I would put the I would put the headset uh, recorder on. Yes. Okay. And I would I would hear uh, them describe what was uh, they had a they had a lot of uh, at that time porpoises that were trained to go up to other vessels mm-hmm. and attach sounding devices to the hull of the ships. Mm-hmm. The just and they could pick up all communication and conversation. Wow! I don't know if I should. I don't know if I should be telling that. <laughs> well, it's but out can, now. So. Well, it's out now, damn it! I, I'm sure people wouldn't be surprised about this. I mean, we're talking about over 50 years ago. Uh, it's around the yeah. time I was born, so we're talking quite a while ago. But yeah, I'm sure the yeah, I'm sure they had. Well, it's, it's more advanced now. I'm sure it's more. So they would put sounding devices and listening to conversations. I'm sure that yeah. was very valuable to learn about what our adversaries were doing. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, sure. Uh, absolutely. And I'm going to reveal one more thing. Yeah. They had, they had seagulls. They had trained seagulls to drop bugs on, on the British ships. Trained seagulls? Seagulls, yeah. They make, they make it look like a turd, a seagull turd. Yeah. But actually, but actually it was a bug in that turd. Is that right? And when, when it would dry up, it could pick up conversations. Anywhere on a ship where the seagulls up to turd. Jeez, oh, <laughs> never. I've never. I don't. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. What an ingenious, what a creative bunch we have in our uh, in our navy. Oh, yeah. The, 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 you know, we have some some talent out there. I bet. Able to do. So, yeah. th- I guess, Dave, what everyone would probably want to know at this point is from that these sound recordings. You said some of it sounded artificial. Was some of it information that could not be identified or attached to any known vessel? Yeah, that's what they're concerned with. I see. That's that, that's what they were concerned with, and uh, you know that that incident in Guantanamo too. That that brought up a lot of a lot of questions. That brought up a lot of questions. Which incident? You mentioned a number. You're talking about the diver that went down to... Well, the chief that I had talked to uh, on Guantanamo. uh, Are you talking about what he told you or his untimely death? Yeah, what what he told me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, just kind of an an overview when I met him. He was writing his book. Mm -hmm. And it was on about that time that I had witnessed... This thing going down, you know, passing the pinch. And, and I, I, yeah. it, I mean, it was so vivid in my mind. I, it was like two, 200 yards long. And it would look like a cigar shape. And on the back end, it, it had a, a kind of a halo. I guess it was a propulsion system. But when it went down to, went down to 
you know, past the finish, it, it had already caught the uh, attention of uh, a lot of other And they sent the diver, they sent a special crew from, uh, I don't know if it was, I forget now what I had mentioned, because my mind is a little slow nowadays. They had sent a salvage crew to check it out. Uh, it was huge. It was huge. And the diver almost puked in his, you know, drowned in his puke when he turned around and looked at it because his, his back was to it when he landed on the bottom of the ocean floor. When he turned around, this thing was this awesome. It was like two stories, three stories high and it was translucent. And the figures inside there were like giants to him. You know, he was just a little guy in a diving suit, but he looked into it. And this thing was used like two or three stories. And, and it was, a, it was a transparent. He, he freaked out. He freaked out. So I'm, I'm revealing some stuff that I was holding back on back when I was telling you about this. Cause I wasn't quite sure if, you know, I'm going to get a visitor or not. That's really something. He wanted to slip away. He didn't even make a wave. He didn't even ripple up in the ocean to make the shifts that were monitoring it or something that had gone down to, to take soundings on it. Uh, you broke up a little bit there. Your signal broke up a little bit. Are you using a Wi-Fi signal or just a cell signal? It's on the phone right now. Yeah, is it connected to your Wi-Fi network or is it just a cell? It's just a cell. Oh, okay, yeah, it's just great. We probably can't improve it. So let's just rewind yeah. that again. This is something you shared in the very first interview we did way back. I was looking through them earlier, and you... You shared that information that when it went into the water, it didn't even make any waves. Is that right? Yeah, it didn't. Yeah. It, it didn't make any waves, no splash, nothing. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of ships out there, you know, Navy ships, uh, communication ships, salvage ships and stuff. And uh, it didn't even make a ripple. When it went in? When it went in. And this diver that you met at Guantanamo is sent down, this master chief is sent down to inspect it and he almost, he has a panic attack or something like this because it's so big and it's tall. And Yeah, he was a second class one at that time. He yeah, was, at second class, right. Yeah, and they put a, they put him in a, in a hard hat, you know, those heavy canvas with a, a round cover and sent him down with oxygen and everything, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he landed with his back to it. When he turned around, he freaked out. This yeah. thing was immense. It was like two to three stories high, and it was cylindrical, transparent. And the beams in there, they were looking back at him. They were like giants, you know. That's what he told you? Yeah. Yeah. And he, you said he was able to put his hand through the outer shell of it? Yeah. He, he said he touched it, and his, his, hand, his hand went inside. Mm. It was, it was like, first it felt like jello, and then it, it was just like, you know, natural to him. <laughs> yeah. So incredible. And then he uh, he's writing this book about it, and then he has a quote-unquote accident. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What were the details I gave you about his accident? He has on a skateboard or something like that. Yeah, you mentioned... Uh, 
that there was a flaw in the shower design, it was electrified. Oh, go again. Say again. That that in the in the Navy there were a series of electrocutions in showers when people Oh yeah. Is that what the story was? Yeah. You know, they used conduits in those days for shower curtain rods. Well, because the con conduits ran from K part housing to K part housing. So they said, Well, hey, they make good shower curtains. <laughs> right. But the metal rings on a shower would eat through the would eat through the the conduits, oh, and then they hit the live wires. Jeez, yeah. Now, whether or not that was deliberate, I don't know. Right, I, I could see it being either way. It's just very unfortunate. He mentioned to you something that when the ship left the area, did it just move away underwater again without making any wake? That's correct. That's correct. It didn't make a wave, didn't make a ripple. The suds they had sent down were not even disturbed, and they couldn't even track it on their sonar once it got up and moved away. Hmm. And yeah. What did he think it was? When What was his idea of who was inside or what this was? Did he believe it was extraterrestrial? Well, he had no idea. He didn't no even idea. have a concept of what the extraterrestrials were. So he was in a shock mode. Mm hmm I mean, after they cleaned him up from the puke and everything that he did all over him, got him out of that hard hat canvas suit, you know, he ended up at, in Pearl Harbor Hospital. He was, he was freaked out. They had to send the CIA, the FBI, everybody down there to see what, what was going on with him. They wanted him to go down again, didn't they? Yeah. And he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. So this is very interesting, Dave. He didn't use the word extraterrestrial. That's the words we're using. He actually yeah. didn't had no idea what he was looking at, right? That's correct. I get it. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Wow. I mean, he was a total shock. You know, to this day, no one knows what they were able to get from him or if they sent him to a sanitarium mm -hmm. or they got him locked away because they're trying to pick his brain. Mm -hmm. trying to do it. I don't know. Dave, Yeah. We, you and I... And our viewers, we've been talking about this for a couple of years, and people have really enjoyed your contributions and our discussions here. Because I, you, you can read the comments on YouTube like I can. But really what I'm wondering is, is this ever going to make the light of day, or is it just going to be the bunch of us here talking about it, something that you've told us about consistently with the same details for years? Is this ever going to become public knowledge beyond this YouTube channel, or... Do you think this is just going to be a secret forever and we're never, are we ever going to be told what is going on in our skies and our oceans? I mean, this can't be the only time this sort of thing has happened. Well, let me tell you what, there's, there's a conflict of interest because uh, over a period of time, other nations have uh, put out their communication and advanced technology for snooping in the, in the waters and stuff and sharing information between superpowers is still very difficult because they want the edge superpowers want to be the first to have the first real you know super ufo or uso or whatever so they're not sharing everything together you know and and that's the problem we have right it's not a unified uh makes sense uh, 
you know. So uh, that's the problem. Some of the, some of the things we've seen in the sky are back-engineered ideas that they've got collectively on their own, and they're trying to be the first. You know, they're trying to be the first. So makes a lot of sense. Just so there's you're saying just a competition between the superpowers. And this is why we don't have public information about this yet, because each country wants to be the one to get it. Oh, yeah. You know, and when we're competing with China, France and England and Germany. Oh, come on. Right. Dog is going to rule, rule the planet. Right. You know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a, I, I think it's a very, very reasonable explanation, and that's a very good answer to the question, isn't it? Is that they're not sharing it because they don't want to share any good stuff with other countries that might give them a huge technological advantage. Huge. Well, the thought is, and this is not given me in details, if we're to compete in the cosmos, the physics of the cosmos is... The true physics of the cosmos is not really known to humans until they they breach certain areas of areas of technology and knowledge and partake. And so the race is on between superpowers to get this physics to understand the physics so that they yeah. can participate. Of course, yeah. of course, it's uh, it's a fascinating story. I think we're all very fortunate to be in the middle of it here. Uh, with yeah. you and all the other witnesses we've heard from over the decades. Um, and uh, we could all agree that we really haven't heard very much. And it hasn't really gotten much better recently, at least officially. I mean, we're, so much of it now seems classified. We have these new Pentagon organizations with strange-sounding names, anomalous... Uh, air, aerial anomaly resolution office and things like this. Just pure. Right, be cleared, yeah. Yeah, pure, pure jargon. Uh, yeah. Trans domain cross, <laughs> cross medium, <laughs> uh, anomalies, whatever. We're not really, the, we are not hearing about this and we know about this because of the, the hearing last May in, I think it was, was it the House of Representatives? Uh, right. And they said, we don't want to, they asked some questions like we're talking about now, vaguely about underwater UFOs. This was the question to one of the Pentagon officials. And he says, I don't want to talk about that until the closed session this afternoon, the classified session. So we're waiting for this to open up. But I think your explanation is something that they would respond to. They would agree with. They say, look, we're not sharing this with you if it's going to help our adversaries and uh, it seems to be the situation. So we're in a kind yeah. of like a stalemate with it until something moves. So Dave, we have some questions from okay. listeners, unless you want to say anything else, I think it'd be a good time for questions and then we can. Uh, get no, in. no, go ahead. Go ahead. So we have a question from Janice and uh, Janice wants to know, she says, I understand that ET stuff runs in families. Has your son had any contact with them or sightings and a follow-up question have you had any recent contact with your handlers oh okay uh my son has a total different uh gifts i might say uh and i i i can't speak for him 
But he's had his, let's just say, he's confronted a few strange things in his time since mm-hmm. he was a youngster that uh, I don't, you know, ponder and question him about because I don't want to desanitize uh, whatever, uh, how can I say, is innocent because it's more it's more original if if i don't put stuff in his head you know or suggestions mm-hmm. so when he he explains things to me i can interpret it my way but it's something that he will have to work on himself to just mm-hmm. because of his innocence right i don't go to that it would Okay. And I think you alluded to this at the beginning of our interview. Have you had any recent contact with your handlers? Yeah, my handlers don't say too much. Okay. <laughs> don't, give, don't give away too much because there's, there's, physics, there's physics that I could explain in a dialogue, but... It, the humans couldn't relate to it because the physics is out there is different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it would only sound like gibberish, or okay. it would sound like uh, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't compute. Mm-hmm. Because what they teach you in school about the cosmos, it just doesn't relate to the layers of reality. There are layers. Mm-hmm. Okay, and. Uh, each each layer has its own physics. Mm-hmm. So just just by suggestion, this is not what they told me, or I'm just going to use it as an example. You might be on a timeline where you you might pick out a, a star, uh, and the star will give you. Uh, the composition of what it is but there's other physics that will reveal more uh information about it that we don't have because mm-hmm. our spectrum is limited our physics on our spectrum is limited and uh there's a whole different physics out there and it relates to the different layers of reality out there not only our reality there are many realities out there and and the goal or the purpose of a lot of the the different entities that exist is trying to communicate with different layers of it so i mean that's all I, that's the best way i could describe it okay okay sure, sure. yeah like uh we we try to identify with with a spirit world well, there are so many layers or levels of spirit worlds out there. Okay, there's not just one. But we were we were we're created in a way that we were only identified with a certain uh, spiritual uh, awareness after we leave this life. Mm-hmm. That's the way we've been created. You know, our Creator. And just his greater good, whatever. However, you want to look at that. That's how I look at it. Okay. Yeah. Sure. 
Okay, uh, next question. Uh, someone wanted to know, when you became aware that the Navy was interested in UFOs, was it one incident in particular? Was it the Finch incident? Or was there anything prior to that that kind of cued you in a little bit that there was some interest in these aerial phenomena? When did it start? Was it a gradual awareness on your part, or, or was there just one event like the, the Finch sighting that you had? Well, I could go back to 57 and 58 when I was in high school and I saw my first UFO. I, I think because that was near Moffett Field. That's a big naval air station. Right. I think this has been going on for some time. I came across a big where some rangers in Mount Madonna have been watching these things for a long time and reporting them. And, uh, you know, that, that goes along with, uh, uh, some of the, the so-called gossip that was going around there. I get it. About, uh, the president back then. Gossip. And Eisenhower. What was that? Yeah. Well, you know, you know, uh, the president at that period of time was, uh, Kennedy. Yes. Yeah, he he lived up at Mount Madonna. He had a resort up there, mm-hmm. and he had an encounter with these with the ETs that were, you know, trying to, I guess, establish mm-hmm. a, a location where they could hang out because it was the Santa Cruz Mountains facing uh, the northern coast of California, and then of course on the other end south and and east the santa cruz mountains so they would they would have a good observation post and you know he he encountered them uh that's speculation but he learned too much and that's the reason why he learned too much you're saying your your call broke up a little bit there he learned too much this is this yeah. you're talking about the incident where he met uh, ETs at a one of the Air Force bases. Is that right? Well, you know, coming and going on those mountains is only there's only uh, one way to travel. Oh, it's in the mountains. Okay. Yeah, uh, and it's the uh, coastal mountains that separate uh, uh, northern southern well coastal Santa Cruz Mountains from uh, Gilroy and, and uh, you know, Pacheco Pass that leads you into the arid areas. But uh, if I sound a little confused, it's because I'm trying to get visuals of what you might experience if you were on Santa Cruz right. Mountains going, sure. on, going on, looking looking toward the, the north or looking toward the, or looking toward the east, looking toward the west. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he would encounter... Uh, ETs that would transform into human humans that appear to be hikers or they would they would do this uh what do you call it uh transformation mm-hmm. just just you know not not disturb you know situation or make them wonder what's going on up there because he had he had the only uh cabin up there and uh you know 
Okay. Uh, okay, yes, he had a cabinet. In his wandering, you know, in his wanderings, he, he would hide and, and watch the transformation or, or the transfiguration of these ETs looking mm -hmm. like, you know, looking like an orb. Some people would say, you know, hey, we got uh, Bigfoot up there, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, he, they would create a hysteria of Bigfoot just to distract from their virtual identity. I see. I yeah, see. They, they transform into one just to keep the keep the the, the legend going. You keep know? the legend going. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That that's how they kept their uh, the secret of their uh, presence. I see. So you believe yeah. that Eisenhower encountered them at his mountain getaway? In California. I did a test. I've been, I've been told the test. They wanted to see a high-ranking political person. It was a test. Yeah. Experience. How it would be accepted mm -hmm. if if someone this caliber came forward and gave the truth? Well, we know what he talked about. You know, the, the famous uh, video of him discussing the industrial complex. Right. Yeah. Right. He didn't just, but he did not, he didn't come out and say, you know, he didn't come out and say it. Who was it? The only one that came out and mentioned, uh, what if we, who was the president that did that? It was, uh, what's his name? The president that came out said we came out and found out we were not alone. Reagan. How we pulled us together. Who was that? Reagan. Ronald Reagan. Reagan. Yeah. 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 yeah he already knew. He already knew. Reagan already knew. Yeah. Okay. But the ETs were not sure. Okay. okay. The, the ETs were concerned about, oh, we get all our jet fighters and shoot them down. Right. You know, we get both fighters. David, your call is breaking up more and more, and we're starting to lose the signal here. Oh, how's that? How's that? It's a little better. Yeah. It's a little better, yeah, because I wasn't talking in. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, they were afraid different nations would respond differently. Mm -hmm. right. So interesting. Okay, we've got another question here. Uh, you mentioned in one of our interviews, someone wanted to know about this incident where you said special guys came on the ship and installed something that you were told was a hunter killer radar system to take down extraterrestrial vehicles is that right did you did he understand or she understand this correctly uh read the read the question again you mentioned in one of our interviews i think about interview four or five you you mentioned something about special special uh agents coming on board special naval personnel in civilian suits installing a special radar system yeah. on yeah. the finch and you referred to it as a hunter killer radar designed to track unidentified craft or take them down. Is that is that what you said? Yeah, they they, they wanted they wanted to take one take one down to, to back engineer it. Okay. okay, that that was the purpose, and they knew that our EMF or our radar system had different things. It's in a way that if they increase the the uh, frequencies of certain radar, 
in a crosshair, they might be able to knock it out of the air. Did Were you told this by someone that knew for certain that's what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Because, see, that, this area that this was occurring, it hadn't been the first location that this had been taking place. Because whatever the ETs were doing, they would, they would relocate themselves. And when they start to feel that there was a contingency of uh, human uh, ships or vessels trying to trying to uh, interfere with their operations, they would relocate. And, mm-hmm. and the one I saw was relocated from somewhere else. I see. I get it. Yeah. They were moving this radar system around because the craft would move away when it was turned on from one area in the ocean to others? Yeah, when, when our radar would interfere with whatever their propulsion system or their, their yeah. communication system, they, they'd move. I mean, in a flash, you'd blink an eye and they're gone. Wow. And then they, and then they, would, they would report it somewhere on the Earth, on the globe. Mm. So we had... We had an international uh, agreement that certain ships would be located in different parts of the, uh, you know, the, the different oceans to uh, to track them and try to collect data to to put something together to figure out what the heck it was. Got it. Got it. That's yeah. very interesting. And this, uh, what did they refer to it as again? What kind of radar? Uh, EMF. EMF. So it was a very powerful, just a powerful tuned radar to interfere with these vehicles, these areas. Yeah, I mean, they had air with the same systems mm-hmm. and uh, and trying to get a collection of data that they could send to a central location and put everything together to come up with some answers, mm-hmm. you know, because it's all fragmented. Got it. This thing would, thing would move around so it wouldn't collect, you know. Uh, sensitive data in one place it would move around. Got it. Yeah. Got it. That's that's fascinating. Okay. Uh, we've got one last question here. Uh, this person wanted to know about your so-called Smokey the Bear incidents. You mentioned something about these. You mentioned one incident, which was fascinating, where you were apparently rescued on the highway from a dangerous situation by MIBs. And uh, the as you pulled away, the truck wheels are spinning in the air of the aggressor, the aggressor's yeah. truck. And you I miraculously just seemed to end up right at your house where you needed to be. You also yeah. mentioned some Smokey the Bear incidents where you had gotten out on the highway and could have been in a dangerous situation. And, and, and just then, is this correct? So, uh, uh, apparently yeah. A, yeah, that's correct. Twice... Twice my uh, ET uh, guardian appeared as Smokey the Bear in a in a Ranger vehicle. A uh, uh, state police, we're talking about. Yep. Yeah, yeah, state police. And rescued you yeah. from danger. What What did they say to you? They said, "There's no pick, no picking up strangers on the highway, Dave." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, the first time was when I was at a disco club. You know, in those days, you had platform shoes and bell bottom pants yeah and there was a young lady that uh invited me uh, after the dance to meet her outside and i had you know i had my van at the time it was a foggy night it was foggy with the headlights on in front of me they were shining on my van 
because I had my van headlights off and she appeared in the fog in front of the vehicle that came in. And as I got out of my vehicle to approach her, that's, that's when Smokey Bear came, <laughs> came out. He came out and, uh, interrupted my conversation with this young lady. And, uh, apparently, you know, he said that there's, there's, there's no, uh, what did he say? I think he said something about, uh, God, I can't remember. My mind just went blank. Do you remember what I said? I think what you said, it was something like, there's no meeting strangers on the highway or something, something to that effect. Yeah, something yeah, some to the... No, the but it was effect. the way he said it was weird. There's no... Pick, we don't allow picking up strangers on the highway. But the way he just came out of nowhere, just as you stepped yeah. out of your van. Yeah. 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 And so that's twice that that had happened. You said there was yeah. another incident on the East Coast, too, where you had... You had uh, stepped out of your well, vehicle. Well, in Pennsylvania, where I, I, I picked up, I picked up the strangers, and then he appeared right behind me, and stopped me, and uh, ordered the the couple, you know, the the young couple, and I forget how many, two or three of them, out of the van. And he and he says, uh, "There's no picking up the hitchhikers." This was in Pennsylvania. And you said it was the same policeman yeah. from California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the same one. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. I think we get the idea. These are your uh, watchers, your protectors, right? Showing up yeah, just as I, you're I, about I, to I, get I, in some trouble from picking up strangers. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly believe that. You know, and whether whether my whether Jesus sends the ETs or he sends angels or what he says, you know. He saved my ass many a times. I swear to God, man. He has saved my ass so many times. Uh, yeah, and I would encourage our, our listeners, viewers, to go to the previous episodes where you've elaborated on many of these uh, situations. And you've, you, we've talked about this before on the different shows that we've done, the recordings, and people can yeah, listen to them. Yeah, yeah. And the most astounding one was that pickup. You know, the guy was hitchhiking and he had a gun in the front seat and told me to get in and I didn't want to. And then that Lincoln pulls up behind him, tells me to get in the back seat. I get in the back seat, the door opened by itself. And the two people never turned around. They had these little funny hats, you know, like men in black. And uh, the closed door closed by itself, the window rolled out. As they pulled out behind this vehicle, the pickup truck, it, it, it rose, it got elevated. And the guy was spinning his wheels, you know, blowing smoke. He was above the guardrail as we turned onto the main highway. And his wheels were just spinning and he was cussing, you know. <laughs> it was so funny. And then I, I fell asleep and ended up with the door open and they dropped me off right where I lived. And you were, always, yeah. you were saying, how did they know where you lived? A car. Yeah. 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 How do they know where I lived? And, and, and uh, it's, 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 did, I, did, my head. did they say anything as you got out? Did they say, have a good night, sir, or anything? Or just the door opens, that's it? The door just opened. And you got out, and that was it. And they drove away. And that was it, yeah, and they drove away. I never saw the front of their face.
The classic men in black story, isn't it? Well, I don't know if it's always men in black. I had one incident. I don't know if I told you. You did. The men in white. The men in white. Yeah. Well, no. This, you see, I lived, I lived near uh, the Mint in San Francisco, I guess, where they made money. And uh, not far from there, I would, I'd have to walk a block and, and then get a bus, go down to the system. Those days, they had a key system, electric car that would take you to Buena Island, which is Treasure Island, where my ship was tied up at the time. And so that was my purpose, was to my apartment and get one of these electric buses that take me down to, you know, to catch uh, the system at the bridge. Well, one more got out. I, uh, I left my apartment and said goodbye to my wife. Uh, I was looking for, I was searching for my ID card. I didn't have my wallet on me. And I thought, oh, shit, I got to go back and get, I won't be able to get on the base without my military ID card. And as I turned around to go back, this convertible with the top down pulled up. And it was a friend of mine that I knew. And I think I've mentioned his name before, Benny, Benny Wines. If I haven't, there's a story behind this guy. Anyway, he says, hop in. I said, I got to go back to get my, my wallet. He said, no water. And he turned around because he was in the front seat and handed me my wallet. And I'm thinking, how in the hell did he get my wallet when I left it in the apartment? Yeah. So him, the guy that he was in his convertible, uh, his name was Dave. They were like buddies. They hung out together all the time. They took me down to the key system, and that's where I caught my my electric uh, bus to uh, Treasure Island when the ship was tied up. And this guy would show up at strange times and places. Mm. But the story with him was, uh, you see, I've always had a patron saint. And I think I've mentioned it before, St. Mary, Jesus' mother. She's my patron saint. She's, she, I carry her picture with me, and I... I go to sleep with a picture on the TV tube. I mean, she's protected me so many, many, many ways. And this one particular time, or every time I mentioned her name, Ben would go into uh, a catatonic fit like he had epilepsy, what do you call it, epilepsy? Yeah. He he couldn't hear the name, you know, Mary, St. Mary. It would just drive him crazy. You know, yeah, wow. that, that was a weird thing about him. Look about outside, look at the inside, you know? Yeah. And I just mentioned her name, boy, it's just like, oh, weird, weird out. Yeah. So. Uh, okay, Dave, I, well, listen. Yeah. I think yeah. we'll continue another time. Okay. We wish you the best. And hope for your full recovery. Well, thank you. Thank thank everybody out there for their prayers and everything. This was a close one. Yeah. A very close one. And it, it left me with the uh, focus on what I need to finish before the good Lord takes me. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, all of you out there to add questions. And uh, I'll be available for Dr. Simeon when he wants to have another interview. 
Okay, Dave. Okay. Thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you again soon, okay? All right. Okay, take Take care. Yep, bye.